Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. Conversations, all part of the Searchlight program here on Bay FM 100.3. Tonight, we will be uh, talking about rainbow families. My name is Tony. And my name's Jazz. Thanks for joining us. Yes, it's going to be a good show tonight. I feel like it's going to be a good energy. We will be talking to some wonderful guests tonight that include Dr. Tanya Ernst from Rainbow Fertility. We will be uh, talking to Mary who has a child in high school about her journey through the same-sex parenting landscape. And the wonderful returning guest, who is a success coach, motivational speaker and international athlete, Anthony Iken. While we are thrilled to to be having this discussion this evening, Tony and I don't represent all aspects of the LGBTQIA plus communities. We are on a journey of discovery, and we hope you, as a listener, will come along for the ride. From here on out, instead of using the full LGBTQIA plus initialism, we're going to use the term rainbow. Rolls off the tongue a lot easier. It does. If you want to be part of tonight's conversation, please text through your questions, input, or comments to the SMS line that goes direct to the studio. It's 0468 86 1003 and yes you can totally remain anonymous if you want to next up we will discuss the laws surrounding same-sex and gender diverse couples having children attitudes towards the modern family structure how the marriage equality vote has really changed opinions of what a family can mean and the technological advances that have changed what parenting is in 2021 But first, let's have a great song that was an anthem for so many of us for so many years. This is Sister Sledge with We Are Family. You're on Rainbow Conversations right here on Bay FM. Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. Thanks for joining us this evening here on Bay FM. We're talking about rainbow families tonight, and that can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And who exactly are we talking about? The rainbow is made up of a very diverse cross-section of all parts of the human race. It has a wonderful array of ways of self-expression. Everyone has a different experience and we always try to avoid using broad strokes or assuming that everyone with a similar identity expression has the exact same circumstance. We've spoken before about the spectrums inside diversity before on this program. Check out the previous Searchlight Rainbow Conversations at www.bayfm.org.au. First, let's discuss some basic practicalities of being a parent within the within the rainbow. I think that's a good idea. Mm, it's a good place to start. It's a good place. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, lesbians, 
Traditional, uh, traditionally, they have the easiest time becoming parents as women have the ability to create life and only need to get sperm from a willing donor. Some may need IVF. A study of Australian same-sex couples found that around 33% of female same-sex couples have children, as opposed to only 11% of male same-sex couples. And of the gay males, commonly use surrogacy to have a child. We will talk about uh, the laws and the practicalities of this later on in the program. Some gay men also have children from previous heterosexual relationships before coming out. Now, bisexual and pansexual people have a variety of experiences in parenting and statistically have children the old-fashioned way with the opposite sex. But this is not true for every bi or pan person. Transgender and non-binary people is... It's a very broad spectrum that really isn't all about gender assignment, but personal identity, really. You might have heard the story of Freddie McConnelly, who's a trans man um, in the UK who carried a child um, and made news because it was quite, you know, the, the first man having having a baby. And it got a lot of um, very mixed attention with a lot of people saying things like, if you want to be a man, you can't get pregnant. And that that was... Quite a, quite a fascinating story. Oh, definitely. And a new technological option for transgender or non-binary people is to have fertility preservation. If they choose to go through hormone therapy or if they choose to go through gender reassignment, they can have eggs or sperm cryogenically frozen so they can have biological offspring later in life. In a 2018 Australian survey, only 7% of transgender or non-binary people questioned had undertaken fertility preservation. But 95% of people questioned felt like it should have been offered or part of the discussion when uh, starting the conversation about the hormone replacements or the transitioning process. I would imagine it would be quite expensive and not everyone could actually afford that service. Absolutely, that would be an expensive mm. option. And another question raised is, can intersex people have children or get pregnant? And the short answer is maybe. Like any person, it depends on body parts and sometimes help from technology. These days, there are many ways for anyone to get pregnant, whether they're intersex or not. It's not possible for any human to reproduce without another person, including donations and medical technology. So can intersex people reproduce? Fertility is difficult for many intersex people. Many, but not all, intersex variations do not result in infertility. Plenty of other intersex people have had their fertility taken away by non-consensual surgeries to make their bodies appear, in quotes, normal. This is a very sensitive topic and you should let intersex people share it at their own pace if they choose. I'm really looking forward to really going into that discussion on the intersex episode that we have coming up later on intersex in the year. Intersex awareness episode. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's a fascinating subject and they're a very um, misunderstood part of the rainbow community. Yes, yes. Okay, well, let's talk adoption because that is part of the rainbow families conversation. 
since to, uh, 2018, adoption has been legally available to same-sex couples in all states and territories of Australia. And this was brought forward again by the very progressive South Australia, mm-hmm. who brought the bill forward to the parliament uh, in 2016, and it was passed shortly afterwards. And surrogacy is another really fantastic option that we are definitely going to go right into later on when we when we speak to um, the lovely doctor we have on. Um, all states in territories have different laws. It, is it not a federal law? It is a state law. Western Australia has a ban on surrogacy to single people and same-sex couples. Surrogacy in Australia is altruistic, meaning it's not only out-of-pocket expenses directly related to the birth and the pregnancy are paid for by the intended parents. Commercial surrogacy, where there's a fee to carry the child, is illegal within Australia, but this can be achieved overseas. About half of the surrogacies in Australia involve a pre-existing relationship with the birth mother. And age and attitude towards being a uh, parent is... Oh, well, that's a that's a big part it's, of it's tonight. A, it's a, it is. It's a huge, huge part of the attitude from within the rainbow community and within the broader community in general. Yes. Uh, it has definitely changed and it's an ongoing topic. Mm. And since the marriage equality vote, having a family is now something many seek out as an easily accessible option. And for this, for the research for tonight's program, I had spoken with several people who were in their 70s or older who never believed that they would see a time when same-sex marriage, adoption and surrogacy would be a realistic option. And having a normal family was a dream that was out of reach if they wanted to live their true life and be true to their own identity. It's, uh, it's strange. It's not strange, but it's... It's remarkable how much of the conversation has changed just in the last few years, but not, you know, look back into the 90s or the Mm. 80s, you know, homosexuality was illegal. Yeah. And so that has changed so much and it is so wonderful to see. Mm. Now, the marriage equality debate and the vote has changed the words people use, especially in schools Teachers, instead of saying, now, check your homework with your mum and dad, that has changed, really. Mm. So they just use the term, you know, check it with your parents or check it with your caregivers. Check it with a responsible adult. Exactly. And it has made people check their unconscious biases. Because after the marriage equality vote, that passed with flying colours, the nuclear family that sort of picture that people have in their minds has completely changed and that was quite prevalent on television even like up until the 70s when the brady bunch came on which was the first blended family on mm-hmm. television before that you had the the mum and the dad and the kids and the and the the wife stayed in and did the dishes and cooked the meals and yeah. and, and now Things have really progressed. Where the society has moved on in a lot of ways, it's fascinating to see it 
unfold in front Definitely. of our eyes. And especially with unconscious biases, mm. because we don't re- that's the thing about it's an unconscious bias. Yeah. We don't realize that this has been ingrained in us for generations. And it was like the marriage equality vote was almost like an electric shock mm. where people went, oh, okay, things have changed and cool. Basically. Mm, absolutely. And I think uh, media is definitely helping these days. The, the, the arts are pushing it forward with showing the multitude yes. of options that are available for people and these days. Even celebrities proudly talking about their beautiful children. Mm-hmm. Elton John. Oh, he's such a proud dad. Rosie O'Donnell. You know, like, and the, it's a very long, like Neil mm. Patrick Harris, like all celebrities that have come out, had children. Some uh, some celebrities had children in a same-sex relationship before they were publicly out. Yeah, right. That's a, It's a fine line, isn't it? It's so many different stories within the rainbow spectrum. And I would like to talk about the attitude that, or the, the opinion that children need a mother and a father to grow up Normal, air quotes. It doesn't work on radio, does it? Yeah, you've got to say air quotes. Air quotes. Yeah, Norm, normal in air quotes. <laughs> um, in Realistically, nobody is raised by only a mother and a father. The, the old saying, it takes a village. Oof. We all have a full cast of influences growing up from aunts, uncles, cousins, siblings, grandparents, great-grandparents, classmates, teachers, neighbours, sports coaches, and the doctor, it- the... Guy down the general store. Exactly. The the lovely man who you mow his lawn, mm. who lives down the street, and will tell you all the stories about the back 70s and, and, and the, the 60s. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even television. Yes. Like, I got a lot of moral compass and self-growth from watching TV, mm. watching good TV. And maybe that's why I look at TV differently than a lot of other people. But, you know... I used to get the morals in Neighbours and Home and Away and The Brady Bunch and I Love Lucy. and yeah. Well, even the kids' movies have strong moral themes a lot of the time and, you know, there's big messages and that they have all the characters that they grow up being part of their life in a way. So it's not it's not this mother and father. Um, I have found some, some research on that. There was um, a research paper saying that um, the data considerably challenges the point of view that same-sex parented families are harmful to children's upbringing. Children in such families do well emotionally, socially, educationally as their peers from heterosexual coupled families. Some research has concluded that the benefits for children raised in this situation um, include higher education quality from parents, sons displaying greater gender flexibility, and sons and daughters displaying more open-mindedness towards sexuality, gender, and family diversities. I love some survey statistics. It's great to find it. And from the kids' point of view, like you look at a cross-section of a classroom these days and some... Some kids have two dads, some kids have two mums, some kids have a mum and a dad and the mum has a girlfriend. Like, it's it's just normal for them. Yeah. And it's that learnt bias that I think is less prevalent in kids these days. And just, you know, when I'm in my late 30s, when I was in primary school, there was no same-sex parents. There was... That just wasn't 
at all part of the conversation. No. Not and at all. I loved that it's taken this evolutionary step. Hmm. I just love it. But it was, you know, 60 years before this, there was, it, you wouldn't see a, 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 a single parent. No. And so things have changed progressively and, and kids are very resilient. They, they do keep up with it. Absolutely. It must be time to um, bring on a guest, you think? Well, we're going to have a guest come on shortly. Hmm. And uh, that's, I believe, Mary. Mary. Excellent. Who's sort of a friend of... Friend of, friend of a friend, yeah. You know, the, mm. that's how things work. You, you get a... You get, yes. You chat to someone and go, I'm looking for someone interesting to talk about their experience. Um, and so, someone always knows someone. Someone always knows someone. So Mary has um, a teenage kid. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see the perspective of having a kid pre-marriage equality vote. Yeah. And As opposed, opposed to... to Anthony, who literally his baby is due early next month, I believe. He'll probably give us a, a, a countdown of how many hours it'll be till till the baby. He'll be is excited. He yes, um, but yeah. First, we're going to play a song. Well, we've got to play some sponsors, sponsors. and then we're going to have a song by Courtney Act. Um, and we had the privilege of seeing Courtney Act perform her her performance "Fluid" at the Powerhouse. Is it a cabaret show? Would you call it that? Oh, it's a TED Talk. Part cabaret, part TED mm. Talk. It was just fascinating. Um, and Courtney went into details about her personal journey of self-discovery and the what the rainbow letters mean to her and how they've changed and what labels are like and all these different points of view and the importance of telling stories. And it was, I went to be entertained and I got, learnt some stuff it was just it was fascinating we could have filled so many rainbow conversation shows with direct quotes from that show yeah and look we still might and look the the music's fantastic the the in between and the Mm. all the um the fluidity of everything and you know we we'd spoken on the very first rainbow conversation um about gender fluidity and i thought i had a moderately good grasp of it but after seeing that performance and hearing the songs about it, he, yeah. like I learned, when am I going? Wow, I've learned, learned so much. I I I've really got a grasp of it. And I've spoken to a few different people who went on other nights as well, and they just loved it and learned so much. And the the audience just um, was, you know, predominantly people in in or associated with the rainbow, mm-hmm. still learning more, still breaking down prejudice and unconscious bias and it, it, there's so much more to do with that so that's why we're going to keep the conversation going here yes and, um, and do remember you can um, text in if you have anything to add 0468 86 1003 get the sms straight to the studio we'll see your messages and we can um, respond or ask a question to any of our guests or ask a question to us absolutely Okay, we'll be right back on Searchlight Rainbow Conversations right here on Bay FM 100.3. Searchlight on Bay FM 100.3. Connect with us by SMS on 0468 86 1003. You're listening to Searchlight on Bay FM 100.3. And that was Courtney Act, Fight for Love. 
She actually, um, that was one of her Eurovision songs that she went, she almost represented Australia. I'm still confused about Australia representing in the Eurovision. I know. I I haven't got my head around that yet. Oh, look, that's, that's, (laughs) that's a separate conversation for a separate bottle of wine. Now, joining us on the phone now uh, in Rainbow Conversations is uh, the wonderful Mary, who has gone through having a child uh, and is uh, that child is now in high school, I believe. Please welcome to the show, Mary. Hello, Mary. Hi, everyone. Oh, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate um, your thanks, time this evening. Thanks, thanks for having me on the show. It's a privilege. And what else would you rather do on a rainy day than just uh, have a chat on, on the chat on the radio? But forget that uh, everyone else is listening. <laughs> so look exactly. When um, when we start a conversation here on, on uh, Rainbow Conversations, we like to sort of get a background of um, every, all all of our guests. So, would you like to tell us how you identify, where you're from, or the you know little little uh, synopsis okay. of yourself? Okay. Um, well, I'm a lesbian in a lesbian relationship, and um, I guess I've been um, out since the eighties. And I grew up in a fairly um, sort of country conservative family, Queensland, mm. um, and you know that sort of shapes how you you uh, take on the world and stuff. But, and see you know, the world, I did yeah. Have a little adventurous, adventurous streak as well. So didn't always play to the rules I grew up in, um, and uh, yeah, and so that's where I find myself now. I mean. Um, as life life goes by, I guess you know things kind of um, you, you settle into patterns a little bit more, and you know life sort of, um, especially with a child uh, growing, you you're fairly focused on the development of that child um, as you're, uh, I guess, um, pulling all your resources together, you know, to to first of all have that child within your family in not straightforward circumstances, and then to be able to provide what they need. Well, I respect the yeah. fact that um, you're a bit of a, a, shall we say, rule bender? <laughs> because, yeah, I, I sort of well, grew up... Are we all? Yes, we all? this is true. You've got to do a bit of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I sort of grew up in a somewhat conservative family, and um, yes, I can I can relate to being a rule bender. So, yeah. Oh, but, and, yeah. you know, having a lot to do with rural Australia, um, where it is fairly uh, fairly conservative within most of the population in rural Australia. You get surprised when you scratch beneath the surface, though. It's, uh, yes. Like, like we true. said about I didn't want to strikes. say everyone. Yeah, not everyone. It's, um, it's amazing what you can, what you can find out. So mm. how did you end up with a daughter? Uh, well, I guess I'd um, through the nineties. I, I thought that um, it would be great to have a child, and um, in the end, it was my partner who, who said, "You know, she, she really wanted to have a child." And by that time, I was probably approaching a point where I thought it was getting. I was getting a little bit. Um, you know, my eggs were getting a little bit too old to be uh, embarking on it. So I was very happy to support. Her, um, her choice to, to have the child and, and to become a parent to that child. So, um, yeah, so we, we um, 
talked about it for quite some time and then um, we approached a, a friend who was prepared to talk further with us over another six months or so about um, how he could become, um, you know, the the other person in that in that situation, you know, to provide the sperm for, for having a child. And more much more than that. I mean that was just like the, the smallest part of it really in the end. It was sort of like how we, we relate to his family, how would the child relate to him, to his you know, to his his um mother and you know, so it and it it became a very rich experience I guess um, for us all in talking about it and so there was always this other fourth person involved which was the actual child before they were born so yeah there was quite a deal of talking and us sort of you know realizing that we might not necessarily have gone uh, not we we didn't necessarily go away go go with the first thing that we thought of it was kind of a different approach that we ended up going through it yeah, sounds like you really put a lot of thought into it and didn't rush, didn't rush in in any way. No, that's right. Um, I mean, we were, uh, my partner and I, were pro- both pretty keen, but to get started, but it um, it was really well worth the thought beforehand. What's well, a serious undertaking? Yeah. You're, you're bringing a life into the world. You've got to um, put the options out there. Had had you considered adoption, or was was having a child sort of the the primary um, option for you? We hadn't really considered adoption, no. Um, well, I'm not sure what the laws yeah, so, were back in the early 2000s. Yeah, I, don't, I think it wasn't... I don't think it was really that easy to consider hmm. adoption at that point um, because the laws came in for um, parenting relationships to be recognised on birth certificates in 2010 in Queensland. Wow. That's so oh, last week, that basically. That, it, yeah, before that, that wasn't available. You weren't um, able to be legally considered a parent if you were in a same-sex relationship, I don't think. Um, but, you know, that it was yeah, a friend of ours who's a solicitor who advised us when we could fill in the form and, and put um, myself down as a parent. Yeah. So, so only, only recently you were able to do... Do you only able to amend the birth certificate in 2010? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So for the first few years, how did you sit there? Were you not able to pick her up from uh, well, primary school? Oh, uh, no. I guess we're, you know, in a neighbourhood and in a, in a city where it, there was no questions asked about that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, there was, it was, um, and I, you know, I never felt like that. I would be discriminated against as the non-biological parent to be able to do that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so no, we didn't have that have that issue legally because I think community attitudes um, here anyway were, were, were fine for us to be able to live the sort of life that we expected to live, you know, with a child. Yeah, at that time. I mean, that was... that. It hasn't always been like that, of course, so we were quite privileged to be able to experience that sort of support amongst people. Um, yeah, and also then starting school and having that same kind of... We had the expectation that they would treat us at face value as parents, and um, I think that was probably about the time, yeah, that the laws changed when she started school. 
That 2010 mm. birth certificate, that, that's just, that's blown my mind a little bit. That's, um, I know it's, I know we've made huge advances in recent years, but just the fact that, mm. you know, what, how did it feel like for you when you could do that and put your name on that certificate? Uh, it made me feel really happy. You know, it, it, it was, it was, uh, you know, a legal system validating what I already had. Yes. Just an acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I was, I was um, telling my brother that I that this was the case actually on the weekend, and he was quite surprised <laughs> that that um, that that was available. Um, so you know, there'd be a lot of people that didn't know about that even, and and probably um, same sex parents who were out there and didn't know that if the if the biological mother consented to have the same sex. Um, uh, you know, lesbian partner put on the birth certificate, they could do so. They could have a change to do that. Wow. Yeah. Now, when we were doing a bit of research for a previous episode, we were looking at um, Becky Cole, and she had this fabulous quote where she had to reverse come out to her son and say that, you know, that uh, some kids don't have two mummies, they have a mummy and a daddy. Did you have any sort of similar situations where you've sort of had to um, talk to your daughter and sort of educate her about the um, the fact that she's in a, a privileged situation? <laughs> no, I don't remember having... You know, you're surrounded by heterosexual couples at... at um, Childcare and at school, so I don't remember that. Though I do do remember one day we were at school and um, in the prep year or first year, and this little boy realised that she had two mummies, and he said, "Oh, that'd be so great! I wish I had two mummies." (laughs) You know, so that was nice, nice moment. Have you had any issues Um, from outside attitudes towards um, being a same-sex parent? Uh, no, not, uh, look, I, I would say we've been really lucky and, you know, because I'm sure a lot of people have, um, you know, I was worried during the debate before the, mm. um, the, the marriage, the same sex marriage, um, vote, because I thought there would be a lot more like virulent, um, behavior and like just nasty stuff going on in the schools and stuff but um and and we talked about it with our daughter and and just you know made her aware that it might be like that mm. you know so she was and as it happened nothing came up and um yeah no she's a real force to um to make sure uh other kids you know stand up for people who have you know diverse sexual orientations, and you know she's she'll she's absolutely in the position of of not standing for any type of um, you know heteronormative um, you, know, uh, you know expectations being put on on us as a family. So it's mm. great, and she does that with her friends as well. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what, what um, I mentioned in the the research paper earlier. That that's that's what's come up is that kids growing up in, in same-sex, gender-diverse families are more open-minded mm. and they're, it's it's sort of, yeah, a, a fascinating way to see 
mm. um, how that's um, changed so many people's lives. I'm so glad. Yeah, well, I think I think they, you know, they've got the perspective and can critique what they they see, you know, in the in the mainstream world with much, you know, better precision than a lot of kids can because they've got that experience. And I, I remember there was a, um, oh, it was a little controversy at the school one time. There was a um, some religious people in a state school handing out. Um, uh, you know, information and it was, you know, calling all the sort of the misfits and the lonely kids to be able to to um, join up this group. And um, anyway, the you know, the, the, the particular group was not not um, supportive of, of um, gay, lesbian or other sexually diverse people and we were talking about it with, with our daughter and she... Um, she talked about it, in, you know, with the people in the class, and um, and and they said, well, you know, you don't understand how in our religion it's okay to hate gays and lesbians, and you know, so it, it, you know, it created the opportunity to have that big discussion and to start saying, um, talking about, sorry, start talking about how, um, you know, the world wasn't just as it was seen out of those sort of eyes, yeah. Offering so, a different you know, she's a great yeah. advocate. Yeah, a great advocate for a, for a different sort of um, for equality. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm yeah, so glad like, um, that you didn't. Um, you weren't on the tail end of any venom during the uh, marriage equality debate because it mm. it got heated. Mm-hmm. It really did. And there was a study yeah. that came out that said, you know, that there was. Um, a lot of people within the rainbow community found that the lead up to the actual vote, yes, the vote came back in our favour and that's wonderful and, you know, we all rejoiced, but the actual debate along the way, which went for about 12 years, (laughs) um, was very mentally harmful and stressful for a lot of people mm. in the community. Mm. So it it fills my heart a little bit that you would you would not um on the tail end of any of that and no because it just got so heated at points. Um mm. that oh it's it's wonderful to hear positive stories to come out of it. So oh, I'm just thrilled. So do yeah, you... well, you don't realise how you know how how amazing it is when when your own children come out as your best advocates because you know they're teenagers. They're probably starting to you know rebel against their parents, but you know it's so wonderful to feel like you've got full support for how you organise you know the, our lives um, from the children growing up in them, and that's been our situation. That's wonderful. Do you think that if you were going through starting a family now post-marriage equality vote, that it would be a different experience? Uh, Well, I think, yeah, you'd start out feeling your ground a lot better, I reckon. You know, you'd you'd, you'd have that sense that you were... If if there was discriminatory um, stuff going on, you have very, very firm ground to stand on. Um, which was, you know, I think 
for for us, we didn't really. I mean, you expect that society will change, but you don't know how fast. Mm. So, um, I think it is a much better place for people to be able to 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 do that now that marriage equality has come in. Um, you know, but sometimes the the effect of of um, there being a um, something to fight against galvanizes people too. So, or to fight for galvanizes people, True. and that, and you know, and that was something I guess that united us for a very long time. You know, not just around the sort of the rainbow stuff, but you know, much bigger than that um, as well. So, for many years, so you know, it's it is um, uh, it, it it's always a. a um, going to be a bit of a balance there, isn't it? You know, how much, if you just take things for granted, then you would never really know what you've, what you've got sometimes. Hey? Very true. Any advice for someone mm. starting a family, same-sex or otherwise, um, from your, your In 2021. years of perspective of, um, <laughs> of, of doing a great job of raising a family? <laughs> um. Well, I think you just have to have a very open mind um, about how you're going to approach it because, um, you know, you can't just go on a recipe of, you know, these people did that, therefore that's going to apply in our situation. And also recognising that even before you start, the child is going to be um, making lots of those decisions that you're trying to make about them before you start. That's you know they're, so they're going evolved. to be making them. You know, you've got a couple a couple of years down the down the road. So yeah, you can't stop a force yeah, of so. nature, then yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, yes. what a pleasure! This oh, this has just been a joy. <laughs> oh, because doing <laughs> doing the research, you know, and looking at where we've come from and the logistics and. Yes, um, you know, same-sex couples can adopt and we can do all these things now. But uh, it wasn't too long ago that the conversation was very different. Um, And it is so uplifting to hear the positive nature of of your story and your daughter's story and how she is an advocate and she will fight for her parents' love and oh, what oh. yeah and for her friends' love when it's you know not fitting the heteronormative idea as well you know she can she can stand up for for, for more than just us she's you know she can put herself in that situation see what's going on and make sure people feel loved that's beautiful it's it's hope for the future when you hear about kids like this and that I think that's you know when I spoke earlier about the statistics of the, the study saying that it, you know breaking that that um, narrative that it's it's harmful for children not having a male and a female your, your daughter has two mums and a dad and you know and and it seems oh. just so well-rounded and there's there's a whole bunch of kids coming out there and it's not just um, not just her but you know her friends at school have that that positive influence so it's um it's really a, a wonderful hope for the future that um, yeah we'll move forward and you know just the representation on television of diversity that's not even highlighted as stereotypes but just there and it, it's yeah. really beautiful. well it, even um she reads quite a lot of young adult um, fiction and mm-hmm. 
that you know that that challenges all the stereotypes too, which is great. So all the you know new writers are just doing wonderful things to to um, to support the way life is for many of us. Yep, it's a broad, wonderful rainbow out there in the world. So it's, we need more more colour, more more love. Mm, exactly. Well, thank you very much for your time this evening. It's been very enlightening. and Very. Um, very enlightening. All the best with um, raising raising your little ray of sunshine and we'll, um, we'll carry on our conversation here. Uh, yes, and I think, it, well, the appropriate song to play right now is Sweet Child of Mine. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Mary, we cannot thank you enough. Well, thanks very much. It's been a wonderful opportunity. And, um, yeah, I I feel very, very happy to have chosen Road that we have. So um, I hope that encourages other people who are thinking about it to take the next step. I hope Tony's not thinking about it. That's the only thing. No. (laughs) No, it's not for everyone, and you've got to respect that decision, but... The way oh. that you have gone about it with such intelligence, intellect, and just respect for everyone involved, including your daughter, from the get-go, because I've seen relationships where there's only two parents and ooh, sometimes the child is stuck in the middle and it's not a pretty pitch. Oh, this is this is a tale to be told. You know, thank you. Thank you, Mary. Okay. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. Have a good night. You too. Oh, that was exactly what mm. I needed to what hear. What a beautiful story. What a gorgeous story. Really, really amazing. And, you know, doing the research, you do hear some worst-case scenarios. Yes, so it's you do. Just, it's nice to hear a, a really positive story of someone going about this in, in a time when um, homosexuality was, you know, less than a decade off for, out of being illegal in, in this state. Yeah, because it was only the early 90s for mm. those of the listeners that are just joining the Rainbow Conversation this evening. Mm. Um, yeah, it was 1992 Four. in Queen. 294. It was the early we'll have 90s. Let's we'll fact check that. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was the early 90s. I can remember it happening. I, I can remember. I think you're right. It was 92, yeah. Sitting around and hearing the adults talk about it and having the uh, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve conversation. And mm. I'm thinking, oh, what is this? Like, and I didn't know who I was, but. I was. It doesn't help development of a young person it, in any it way. It wasn't the most encouraging, and mm. these were open-minded people. You know, these were people that adults that, as a kid, I would call my friends because they were evolved mm. people. And I thought, well, if they're thinking that, then what is it all about? And mm. what it? Oh, but that story. Oh, I was just kept thinking. Don't cry on radio. Don't cry on radio. This is just, such a beautiful just story. Just do, do it away from the microphone. So, <laughs> still to come on the program tonight, we yeah. are chatting to Anthony Eichen a bit later on. Yes, who, about the modern story. Well, so modern that the baby is still in the belly right now. Yes. Um, he and, may and get a phone call mid-interview. Yeah, he might. Um, <laughs> the water might break. Yeah. Um, but before that... 
we are chatting to a representative of Rainbow Fertility. Yes. Um, it's a Brisbane-based uh, fertility clinic. Yeah. And they deal with surrogacy and IVF and all these the different modern ways that all sorts of different people can have kids. And there's not one way to do it. There's an absolute spectrum, to go back to that, that wonderful word of mm. <laughs> diversity, that you know, I always use that that Pink Floyd album cover with the the light shining, shining through. in um, such such an iconic uh, image that people can conjure up. Yeah, that there's there's a, a array of ways to do mm. um, to go about having having a family. So. Absolutely. Okay, let's play some sponsors. Let's play this awesome song that I'm so glad I chose that song <laughs> to follow up Mary because just. Oh, I need to pace around the studio for a moment. That was delightful to hear that. Okay, okay. You're on Searchlight Rainbow Conversations on Bay FM 100.3. Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. You're listening to Searchlight on Bay FM 100.3. Sweet Child of Mine by Anastasia. From the It's a Man's Man's World album, where she covers songs done by men. Oh, wow. Oh, it's a gender bender of, a, um, of an album. And we're all about that here on Rainbow Conversations, well, aren't yes, we? yes, we are. Any, any excuse to have some sort of um, slight difference, a little tweak to what we normally hear? Well, um, there's always. more than one way to do anything. Exactly, exactly. We are joined by our next guest this evening on Searchlight Rainbow Conversations. We have someone representing Rainbow Fertilities. Um, we, had, Tony and I, had the pleasure of meeting uh, some representatives of Rainbow Fertility at the uh, Brisbane Pride Fair Day back in November last year. Um, and we have Dr. Tanya Ernst. Tiana Ernst, sorry, I'm Tiana. Getting, getting the getting the name wrong the bat there. I'm sorry. I know it's un, it's like two letters that make a difference, but they do make a they difference. They do, they do, because the other one is not her name. Mm. <laughs> thanks, thanks for joining us tonight. No problem. I'll forgive you for getting my name wrong to be honest, but that's yeah. okay. I've had it most of my life, so I'm I'm pretty used to it now. We got the last name right though, Doctor Ernst. That's right. You did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, what is your role at Rainbow Fertility. Yeah, so um, I'm a gynaecologist and fertility specialist. And I guess the most exciting thing about my role at the moment is that I work with Rainbow Fertility, which is a service provided by City Fertility to help provide fertility care options to LGBTI, both singles and couples uh, wishing to build a family. And there's lots of options available. And uh, that's what I get to go to work to do to sort of, I guess, build families for um, all types of uh, singles and, and couples within the community. That must be really rewarding on a daily basis. Yeah, no, it's really good. I guess you get to see all walks of life, um, meet lots of different people, hear their stories. Um, it's a very rewarding job, obviously, uh, bringing life into this world. Um, and there's a lot of you know things that need to go on before a pregnancy is 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 uh, started and and then obviously delivered. Uh, but it's been yeah a fantastic journey and 16 years of working within obstetrics, gynaecology, and fertility. Now it's uh, obviously the area that I'm really interested in mm-hmm. and can see the rest of my career being in. And how long has Rainbow Fertility's been operational? 
Yeah, so Rainbow Dream Facility is pretty new. So we started opening, we started actually taking patients in 2016. Okay. Uh, and as I mentioned before, it was an, it was a service that was provided by City Fertility. Now, City Fertility is one of the leading Australian IVF services uh, that is found in most uh, states of Australia. It's found in Melbourne, uh, Sydney and in Brisbane. Um, and they've helped thousands of people within Australia on their fertility journey since uh, they actually opened 18 years ago. But the, what they realised was that there was a, a, a group within the community, particularly the rainbow community, that had unique circumstances and experiences and sometimes challenges in actually building the family that they desired. And so they built Rainbow Fertility. And so far we're pleased to have helped uh, bring, uh, I think it's 154 babies now into the world through their service. Wow. Which is fantastic. Oh, that's delightful to hear. Oh, and how you describe your job as helping build families. That must... Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess there's obviously within the Rainbow, family, uh, Rainbow community, there's lots of different types of diverse uh, people and identities and in how they, they wish to be identified. And it's important that we, I guess, understand, understand their identity, acknowledge... Um, you know, how they would like to, to live their life and how they'd like to be represented and obviously supporting them through their journey and their unique journeys in creating a family. And it is, uh, there's something to be said about going to an organisation that spe- uh, is specifically targeting or catering for the rainbow community because you just, you have that instant sense of calm that you're going to be respected and not have to be, a, you know, hetero assumed and have to sort of come in and go no no you know no no no, my partner's not a woman it's a man and you know all those sort of things so it just would I guess that would be a a comforting factor for people doing something quite um quite intense and stressful starting a family yeah yeah and I think that's the feedback we receive is that so for any of the clinicians that want to be involved in rainbow fertility they have to go through training themselves to make sure that they're uh, completely um, across board in terms of the appropriate language to utilise with uh, rainbow families and individuals, but also understanding that there is lots of different makeups of, of families and couples um, and acknowledging that it's not just males and females, that there are vast ranges of non-binary fam- uh, communities um, and individuals, there's intersex, there's transgender, and making those families and, and, and people feel comfortable during their fertility journey is important. I think we, you know, we owe it to the to their community to be able to um, to provide that for them. Because I imagine um, stress. Not that I've ever been pregnant, but um, I imagine that stress during pregnancy is a, a major thing. You want to avoid it at all costs. So to have a safe place to go and get the checkups and talk to people and talk to doctors and professionals must um, make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. We definitely know that there's lots of evidence that stress does impact upon fertility and pregnancy outcomes. And so if we can alleviate the stress of any couples that come through our doors at Rainbow Fertility, then hopefully their journey is a lot more pleasant uh, and less complicated and hopefully have great outcomes and lots of babies obviously coming into the world in the near future. So what's the balance between IVF and surrogacy? And were those sort of, are they, am I correct in thinking those are the two sort of main categories of helping families start? 
Yeah, I guess there's probably a few more that um, people probably don't even realise that are available. So I guess to to begin with, having a baby, you need to have male and female genetic material. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how um, a couple or an individual may identify, we do need male and female. So there are lots of options available to same-sex couples, but non-binary, transgender um, couples as well and intersex. So I guess... I guess listing them off. So the first would be a donor insemination option. So if uh, lesbian couples or same-sex couples come in and they don't have access to male genetic uh, material, uh, then we can provide that through uh, sperm donation. In saying that, and the alternative, if uh, same-sex couples that are a male um, and genetic, don't have any female genetic material that is available within their within their, I guess, their couple arrangements, then we can look at potentially having donor eggs or embryos being provided. And through that, a surrogacy service would obviously uh, be an option for that um, that couple as well. Um, donor insemination doesn't mean that you need to have IVF if it's just sperm donation. So some same-sex couples may only require timing of the, of the cycle and then insemination of the sperm at the right time in the cycle. Others do need to go on to IVF. And then there's also reciprocal IVF or what we call partner IVF, which is probably most how it's most known within the community. And that's where uh, same-sex couple um, may want to share each, uh, to carry each other's egg. And there's, um, yeah, people think that that might be a, a good option for them, particularly for bonding and to feel like that both members of the, of the couple feel included within the fertility journey. Um, so there's lots of different options and if there's particular options that you're interested in, um, Rainbow Fertility has a fantastic website that lists a lot of the options that are available. And then obviously if you needed to, if you wanted to have a chat to a fertility specialist about any of those options that might be available to your unique circumstances, then we're obviously available to, to answer any of the questions that you guys have. Now, quick question, because does, if, um, if someone donates sperm, can they, like, uh, when, when, how do I word this? When a, a lesbian couple comes in or a, a couple that needs a, a sperm donation for the fertility to occur, that's the wording I'm looking for, um, do you then go to a sperm bank or do you have your, um, does Rainbow Fertility have a supply donated specifically to that organisation? I guess there's two options that are available to that type of uh, family that are looking for sperm donation. So the first option is that you have an anonymous donor uh, and Rainbow Fertility has, um, through City Fertility, which is the sort of the offshoot of... Um, of a, Rainbow Fertility is offshoot of, of City Fertility. Mm-hmm. There's an app called Adam App and this is a fantastic app. I've gone on it myself. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. I was going to say bloody brilliant. It is, it is fantastic. It, it actually provides a, uh, a huge array of donors that are available um, for sperm donation. And it has profiles on the Adam app um, so that couples can actually look through the, the profiles of each of the donor options um, and decide if that's some a particular donor that might be suitable to helping them build a family. The other option is that they have a known donor. So if there is a family member or a friend or associate that may want to donate uh, sperm to create a 
a pregnancy, then that is also an option and a fertility specialist at Rainbow Fertility can walk you through the, the processes that would need to occur to be able to make that happen as well. And am I correct in believing that um, in Australia the um, sperm doning and egg doning would be altruistic, same as the surrogacy that we spoke about earlier? Oh, we might not have been listening then. At the very beginning we yeah. spoke that, that you, can't, you can't get paid for surrogacy. And am I correct in thinking you can't get paid for sperm doning and egg doning as well? That's exactly right. So in Australia at the moment, uh, and I don't think the law is going to change at any stage, is that all donations for both eggs and sperm are altruistic. So... The donor, uh, the, the donor um, will have uh, an amount of uh, psychology counselling to make sure that they're they're um, happy with the decision and that they've thought about the implications of, of donating their sperm or eggs, uh, and then they are not paid for their services. Um, in the alternative is that in America, a lot of the sperm donors and egg donors over there are paid for. Um, donating uh, eggs or sperms. Um, so there is some changes, I guess, differences between the donate, donor options that are available both overseas and within Australia. But the good thing is that in Queensland, we have access to both options. So if, we, if any couples wanted to actually have a donor from overseas, particularly in America, then the Seattle um, Sperm Bank is linked with the Adam app, um, which I spoke about before, so that you have the actual option of accessing any sperm donors um, from America as well. Wow. I'm learning so much mm. tonight. Take some notes. I have. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I think we, we cut you off when we were going through all of the different options. Oh, yeah. We haven't even gotten through half no, of them, have we? Oh, we well, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess like so we spoke about donor insemination. So some people don't need to have um, IVF. And then we briefly talked about IVF. So either one partner having IVF with uh, the eggs that are available within um, um, that, that partner or potentially carrying the eggs or the embryos from uh, the other partner. Um, then obviously, as we talked about, there is surrogacy services available. So um, male same-sex um, couples, potentially transgender um, couples that don't have access uh, to a uterus within their, their couple makeup, then um, they, we would need to look at surrogacy um, as in being able to provide them uh, a wound or a uterus to be able to grow a pregnancy. And sometimes that comes with also donation of eggs or embryos um, from a female surrogate. Um, surrogacy is something that Rainbow Fertility um, can't um, can't organise uh, directly through Rainbow Fertility, but there are um, lots of contacts that we're able to provide because, again, as, a, as an altruistic service, um, it was something that generally most uh, families, Rainbow families, uh, have a family member or a friend that may be able to provide that surrogacy service. Uh, it's a bit of a complex situation and a complex process and there is lots of steps that need to go through, but the fertility specialists at uh, Rainbow Fertility are very experienced in being able to support any couples that may be interested in exploring that as an option to create their family. Wow, there's, there's a lot of different options there. And we spoke earlier about um, intersex people using your service. So yeah, I spoke very briefly at the beginning about the the intersex spectrum and how diverse it is and how mm. s some people 
uh, are infertile with that situation, and a lot of that is being due to um, uh, surgery, corrective surgery correct, on yeah, well, med- medical intervention. That's that, the one. Yeah, they're trying to make them um, uh, sort of squeezed into a male or female box. Um, so how how could you help intersex people um, have children? Yeah, so as you mentioned before, there is, a, 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 I guess, a broad spectrum of intersex uh, patients out there that might need uh, or be interested in having fertility services. It completely depends on the type of spectrum of intersex and each circumstance is relatively unique uh, in how, well, I guess, what options are available to them. It depends, I guess, if they have male um, genitalia or if they have female genitalia or reproductive organs, and that will then obviously dictate the options that are available to them. So if they don't have a uterus, then they're not going to be able to have a carrier pregnancy, but they may be open or be able to have um, surrogacy as an option for them. And vice versa, if they have a uterus, uh, but they don't have, have sperm or have access to sperm within their couple or or of family circumstances, then potentially a donation of, of sperm might be an option. It would be important to speak to the fertility specialist about each intersex unique circumstances because there are sometimes changes to chromosomes or what we call the genetic um, DNA of, of, of some people and that can impact upon um, sperm quality as well as egg quality um, if they wanted to use their own particular genetic makeup. So that's uh, it depends on, the, I guess, the individual circumstances and the families and, and how they want to grow their family. Uh, and, yeah, best to speak to a fertility specialist about everyone's individual circumstances regarding that. Wow. And you'd obviously have a very uh, tight understanding of the laws involved in all this within Rainbow Fertilities. Um, and I've been sort of uh, finding out a bit about the... Just discrepancies in in attitudes toward or uh, facts towards um, heterosexual couples as to uh, costs with like Medicare. Um, I'm led to believe I was told today that um, the cost of IVF, the subsidy for Medicare is different for heterosexual couples than it is for same sex couples. Is that something that you would know? Yeah. About? So there are some some changes with the Medicare rebate. So I think at this stage, uh, Medicare hasn't caught up with the potential social infertility circumstances of a lot of rainbow fertility patients. When I mean by social infertility, they don't have the ability of genetic makeup within their family or their couple dynamic to be able to create, <clears throat> sorry, uh, create um, embryos. So having sperm or eggs being not available within their, their couple arrangement. Um, for that reason, then it becomes what we call a social infertility um, indication for IVF, if that's what um, is needed for their fertility treatment. Um, but they are eligible if uh, certain uh, fertility options don't are not successful to begin with after a couple of tries of potential donor insemination then they would be eligible to what we call uh, medical infertility and that means that they have much significant more significant rebates um, from an IVF point of view um, from Medicare so it depends on the type of fertility treatment that they're wanting to to look into um, but there is some discrepancies uh, but generally most fertility specialists can help try and alleviate that as much as possible and the Rainbow Fertility Group understanding about these changes or I guess the the, the barriers of some Rainbow Fertility, uh, Rainbow 
families in, in accessing fertility treatment, make sure that we limit the costs as much as possible. Well, wow, it's really not clean cut, is it? It's it's uh, no, quite, it's quite not. Layered. It's not an easy thing to answer because it it really depends on how the the government uh, rebates on fertility treatment, and that is constantly changing and probably needs to catch up a little bit in the uh, LGBTI community um, circumstances and how they can actually create families as well. There's a lot. Um, there's a lot of movement forward, isn't there? It's good to good to see that um, it's happening, and you know, that's why we love having these conversations because you address these uh, discrepancies, and then people go, "Oh, okay. Well, yeah. let's let's, uh, let's do something about that." Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that, that's absolutely right. So it's a very progressive area of um, fertility treatment, is, and I think Rainbow Fertility is is becoming a leader within in the the area of fertility treatment, making sure that the LGBTI community is heard. And I guess the ethos of the Rainbow Fertility uh, Specialist Group and, and the staff that work with us is that no matter who you love, who you identify, uh, whether you're single, lesbian, gay, bisexual, asexual, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, we, we're here for you and we can help you as much as we can to try and allow you to build the families that you wish to have. That's beautiful. That, uh, <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth, Jasper. Now, I was wondering, because surrogates can't actually be um, paid for carrying a child in this country, is there a large amount of women that go, yes, I'm happy to put... Because it's there's a lot of risks involved in carrying a child and giving birth and all of those things... Um, are there, is there a large amount of ladies that are just willing to carry somebody else's child that they do not know? Um, I think that, that there definitely are women that are wanting to provide that for families. As I said before, most of the time um, it, it can be a little bit difficult in finding a surrogate and a lot of families come with someone that they already know through family, friends, colleagues that might be able to actually provide that option. So majority of patients, I would think, have someone up their sleeve that they think this might be a good option. Obviously, not all patients are uh, uh, are suitable to have... uh, Not all surrogates may be actually suitable to actually provide that service for any um, LGBTI family, um, maybe because of medical circumstances and whether or not they're actually... Um, it's going to be safe for them, but also the embryo that would need to be implanted within them. So there is a medical consultation that would need to happen um, with obviously the, the, the family initially, but then obviously with the surrogate to make sure that they're actually appropriate. There is also a surrogacy committee review that Rainbow Fertility um, runs, and that's where all the cases of surrogacy are, I guess, approved by fertility specialists to make sure that we're, again, keeping people safe um, and considering all the um, circumstances around the, the physical, social and emotional circumstances that the surrogacy may be involved in uh, to make sure that there's going to be no complexities and also make sure that they're medically suitable. Um, then there'll be counselling that needs to occur with those, but obviously the couple receiving the... Um, receiving the, the pregnancy, but also the surrogate, and that would need to occur um, before anyone is actually um, considered to be suitable. So there is a couple of hurdles to, to jump through. Yes. The good thing about random fertility is that we do support uh, couples and families along the entire journey to make sure that they 
understanding of the processes and making sure that they're aware of what's the next step. Uh, and it's generally relatively streamlined because we understand what is required, um, whereas a lot of other fertility specialists or gynecologists may not, uh, that don't work a lot within fertility in this in this area, may not actually know about the legislation and the importance of having a, a review of the surrogacy. And again, it's, it's mainly for a safety point of view um, that that's in place. Um, and making sure that every everyone is um, is looked after as best as possible before starting that process. That's really fantastic. So obviously, if people are interested, they can go and check out the Rainbow Fertility website, and that's a a really good um, starting point. Any other services you would recommend anyone go and check out if they're keen, or any reading material that would be good? Yeah, so Rainbow Fertility's uh, website is probably the best place to start to begin with. So www.rainbowfertility.com.au. They've got some really good information packs. So anyone that might be interested in looking into fertility treatment options that are available to them, uh, you can order one of those. Um, And there's also information sessions that they run, which will also give you a bit of a better understanding about what's involved. And there's a call centre if you have any specific questions that you just don't know how to actually ask or don't know how to put it in an email or or, or, a, um, uh, or any sort of form of contact. Uh, and then there's fertility specialists that are able to take any calls um, or um, appointments if you have any specific concerns or questions regarding your own fertility journey. Um, on the website, there is also some links to some support groups that are really are really fantastic to help. Um, I guess LGBTI families connect and make know. I guess know that there's lots of other people out there that are, are on similar journeys to them, uh, and they've been a fantastic network of I guess supporting each each couple and individual circumstances along their fertility journey. Excellent. And if anyone wants to um, donate eggs or sperm for Rainbow Fertility, they need to get in contact with City Fertility. Is that correct? That's right. So Rainbow Fertility is, is, is a service provided by City Fertility. So again, if you go on the, on the uh, website, Rainbow Fertility, you'll see links to City Fertility. Um, and yes, always looking for egg and sperm donation so that we can build these families for Rainbow, the, the Rainbow community and get, I guess, allow them to build the, the, the family of their dreams. Um, and I, I just, it's part of the job that I, I love the most is uh, families that would have never gotten the opportunity or never been considered um, to have be able to have families are now creating beautiful families. And uh, the woman that was speaking before, Mary, what a wonderful, inspiring story about building her own rainbow family and how mm. how inspiring that is for the rest of the, the rainbow community. So I encourage everyone to... I guess if they're thinking about fertility as an option and, and wanting to have a family, there's lots of options out there. Um, and, yeah, please don't hesitate to get in contact with the team at Rainbow Fertility. Um, there's a list of specialists there. So if you're looking for someone in Brisbane, uh, there's a bunch of us that are available. And so I'm listed on the, on the website along with uh, four other fantastic clinicians. So um, any of us would be very happy to have a chat to you at any stage. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, I really appreciate it. Really appreciate you it. You really know your stuff, so it sounds like you're yes. uh, you're, you're um, doing a, doing a great job, and your your uh, work days must be just filled with joy. So yeah, no, it's fantastic. I appreciate you having me involved in this show. Absolutely thrilled to have you on. So we're going to have a little uh, song break now. Is yes, that correct, Tony, and then maybe some sponsors because you know we're a community radio, so we need our sponsors to. Uh, 
No, no. Keep the lights on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we won't get to sponsors now. We've just got a song from George Michael and Mary J. Blige. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you so much again from Rainbow Fertility, Dr. Tiana Erst. Yes. Yes. Thank you. No worries. <laughs> Get it right Lovely in the end. to speak to you, boys. Yeah. Cheers. Thank Cheers. You. Thank you so much. Bye. Oh, that was great. Wow. What, that was great. What a mind-opening little uh, insight. Absolutely. Mm. And we had an SMS come through, Jasper. I just thought I'll, I'll read it out. 0468861003 if you're interested. Yes. Um, hi, Jasper and Tony. Kath and Gretel here from Maclay Island in the dark because apparently Maclay Island is uh, lost power at the There's moment because of the rain. The yes. yep. Enjoying the show, even though um, the streaming is a bit iffy out there they really appreciate how much work we both put into producing good radio for everyone love the music as always keep up the good work oh thanks lots of rainbow hearts and dancing people and yes lovely Mm. lots of emojis so thank you very much kath and gretel always appreciated now here's a song from mary j blige and George Michael, with the lyric, true love asks for nothing. Beautiful. You're on Searchlight Rainbow Conversations. Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. And this is Searchlight Rainbow Conversations. And tonight we're talking about rainbow families and just the beautiful stories we are hearing, Jasper. It's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. it just look. I'm 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 not a um. Uh, I'm I've never sort of dreamt about having children. We we talked about it and well, we ended up getting sushi instead. Mm. But um, the just the the love that these stories uh, are coming through. It's, oh, oh, it's beautiful to hear. So we have our next guest. Yes. On the line, ready to go. Our first uh, return guest. Mm. Yes, and this is only the fourth program, so he's now been on half of the shows. (laughs) (laughs) Please welcome to Rainbow Conversations, Anthony Iken. (laughs) Hello, boys. How are you doing? Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Very well, very well. How's I'm to be a 50% Yes, <laughs> Yes. That's, I realised that on the drive into the studio today. I went, oh, my goodness, Anthony Iken's been on half the shows. What a thrill. <laughs> it feels like we've done more than four, though. It's, um, it really does. It's been um, – it's, it's a, lot of, uh, a lot of research, and it's really fascinating just, like, deep diving into a topic for, like, weeks on end and mm-hmm. talking to – as many people throughout the rainbow community as possible to get all the different perspectives and sort of turn all these little stones on, on different uh, attitudes. And, you know, literally I've been speaking to people who are in their twenties and going, yeah, no, when I'm ready, I'll have kids. And, and people who are in their seventies plus going, I never thought it'd be possible and, and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you got a baby on the way. Yes. My my husband and I have a, a little boy due on the 28th of April over in, uh, through surrogacy, but over in America. And our surrogate lives in 
just outside of Salt Lake City in Utah. So yeah, we're like five five weeks to go if 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 it goes full term. If if he goes full term. Right, and so we've spoken about surrogacy in Australia early on. How um, you're not allowed to pay for it now. Obviously, over in yeah. America, have you have you um, gone? Is this a gone, friend of yours, or, or yeah, you know, is this someone you've um, you've? What's the term? No. Did you pay? Did you, did you rent out the uterus? Like it's it's a terrible term, but yeah. yes. We we went through an agency um, based out of Los Angeles, so we we've paid um, more money than we would have liked to to go through this whole process. However, both Pete and I have just always said with every bill and with every that that comes with this process we've we've kind of had the mindset of there is nothing better to spend money on there is, i can't imagine anything else we would want to do with our hard-earned money and you know we've we've been able to get a, li- a little bit of family support and it's just been the most beautiful process um but it's it's a little bit it is disheartening that that it's not the same process here in Australia, that the way we wanted to do it, we kind of had to do it in America. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, for that reason, it, it has become quite expensive, but we, we, don't regret, we don't regret one thing and we're, we feel blessed to be in a position to be able to do it and just super excited that it's, it's happening in the next few weeks. Oh. And had this been a dream for a long time or is this something you and Peter sort of come out more recently? Well... I actually started the process before Pete and I got together and were married. I had started the process to do it by myself as a single gay man, like 10 years ago, it would have been now. Wow. And I started, I found an agency um, in Minneapolis and I started to pay money. And I, I remember um, it all got too much and it was so expensive and I was stressed with work and and really busy with life and I put the whole thing on pause just because of it. I could feel the enormous pressure and the weight of it and it just didn't feel like the timing was right and then during that pause Peter and I had gotten together and then uh, not long after we were getting married but we were in discussions the whole time about if we're going to do it let's do it together because it's it's a dream for both of us. It's something that both of us really aspired to be was to be parents, to be dads. So it, that pause originally was um, divine timing because it was it just worked out so beautifully for us in the end. So we kind of restarted the process that I had already begun and the research that I had been doing. And then, yeah, here we are now, five weeks out. Oh, you must be so excited. Oh my god! So excited. Like, <laughs> oh, had the I'm um... already showing people baby and scan photos, like oh. overdoing it. Oh, <laughs> I'm that, I'm that's that adorable. Had the randoms that don't even ask. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Okay, just pay for the fuel and leave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> had you considered the adoption options or is surrogacy just the did you want us to be genetically involved yeah i both of us adoption is still on the cards for us we talk about it all the time and we want to grow our our family and adoption is definitely an avenue that we want to take 
for this one, we chose surrogacy. Um, we, we researched quite a bit at all the different options. And this one, for me originally, spoke to me first. And then when Peter and I got together and it, it spoke to him in the same way. So we chose to do it this way first, but we're definitely open to adoption for down the track. Wonderful. And uh, because we spoke on the previous program about how you did live in America and you've come back during the pandemic. Um, yeah. So did you have to leave America? Like, I'm just trying to work. How long have you been back in Australia? Like, did you leave America knowing that the surrogate and your child were still in Salt Lake City? Um, yeah. How stressful was that for you? It's been, it has been stressful because we we decided to leave America. We flew in Christmas morning because it was just LA was getting out of control with COVID and one in five people were getting COVID, were testing positive um, with COVID tests. And then we decided, let's, let's get out of there. Let's get home, be with our family and friends just for a couple of months. And if anything, if anything happens, we will fly straight back to America to be there for the surrogate or the child or if, if anything happens. So it's actually to get to America is quite easy. So it was the hardest bit was to get back to Australia and be here for that um, Christmas New Year period. But no one is flying to America. Like there's so many flights and so many seats because it's not really the destination of choice right now. So that mm. gave us a little bit of peace of mind that if we needed to, we could get back to America really quickly. There's no quarantine there. You don't go into hotel quarantine. I think they just advise you to stay as at home as much as possible. But we knew if we needed to catch a flight, we could. And have you been in constant communication with the surrogate? Are you sort of um, yeah, facetiming, zooming all you know all the time, finding out how how she's going? Yeah, we are. It's really um. I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm so glad we are living in this day and age with Zoom and FaceTime and that ability because there is definitely a feeling of disconnect, not carrying the child or feeling the kicks as, as they happen and things like that. There's definitely that feeling of disconnect. but And being at the doctor's appointments. Yeah, uh, yeah, and we're we're there on FaceTime, and we're there watching the scans and hearing the heartbeat and things like that. So we're totally um, grateful for that whole experience. But we just can't wait to get there. We just can't wait to hold him and and just be there, be there for that. So what's experience. what's the plan? Are you, are you wanting to be there for the birth? Yeah, we we're like we had to do a birth plan a couple of weeks ago and go through everything like every single question half of half of the words i don't understand because obviously i've never given birth or been in a neither of we (laughs) (laughs) understatements so that i'm googling words as the doctor's saying them just Mm -hmm. to kind of figure it out i'd never heard i don't know if you guys had or anyone like I, i hope there's people listening that know the word colostrum i've never heard that in my life and so i'm kind of quickly figuring out what that is and yes we wanted it love it you use it in scrabble all the time (laughs) (laughs) but it's where the covid restrictions at the moment are that pete and i can be in the room um 
when she delivers and we can be there to to do skin on skin and cut the umbilical oh. cord and all of that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah, it's really exciting. And then what's the battle plan after that? Uh, does the surrogate breastfeed for a while? Are you bringing well, a newborn we, baby back on an aeroplane and then having hotel quarantine in Australia? Like, how does that work? So there's so, there's, there's a lot of unknowns. I, I think we're just, we're really going to go with the flow and the advice of our doctor at the time and mm. things like that. We just, we want to be very open-minded to whatever, whatever happens will happen and we'll make the best decision possible and listen to the most trusted advisors because there's so many there's so many things in our control but a lot out of our control we we want to wait we're going to stay in america for the period of immunization for newborn babies yeah. um mm-hmm. during that time hopefully pete and i can get the um covid vaccine and then we just kind of keep listening to the news as to hotel quarantine in australia we're planning for the worst and hoping for the best so i assume we're yes. going to have to do another 14 days. Um, but to be honest, the, 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 the biggest negative about our quarantine at Christmas New Year period was we were just bored. There was nothing mm. to do. So I think a newborn will spice that up. It'll <laughs> keep you busy. A lot to do. So I think yeah. it'll go a lot faster than our first one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's, um, I can imagine. Yeah, an understatement. It'll be, be, uh, mm. it'll be a lot to do. Yeah. I um I really respect the passion that you have for becoming a parent. Having the dedication to go, no, I'm going to start this by myself. I'm going to, I, I just, I love when people just know that they want to do mm. it. Because, yeah. you know, as Jasper and I have discussed it, but we just... We're both uncles. And yes, we're happy great. uncles and all that stuff. But, <laughs> but it's just, do we have the dedication and the passion to really see this through? And we both went, no, probably not. So I really respect your um, the passion behind you just going, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to look into it. Yeah. Good on yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. And then going back once you've, um, you know got a partner and then you've gone through the whole process again and oh it just must be um one a bit of a logistical nightmare two very fulfilling but during a pandemic i just imagine you're very stressed yeah yeah it's it has definitely been uh, for anyone out there who's thinking of the surrogacy journey it's beautiful and devastating at the same time there's it's a roller coaster there's so many highs and lows um but we've hung in there now since that that very first when the idea was born in my head that was like 10 years ago and now it's five weeks until our 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 baby's going to be born like it's a process and there's yeah there's just so many so many emotions in the mix of all of that but i think it's the love. And like you said, I, I'm just so passionate about this. I've always seen myself as a dad and I've always, it's actually, it was a dream that I never thought was possible, which I think makes this even more special and rewarding because there's that time when you're a kid, when you just 
know that you're gay, but you you write off being able to have your own family. It's one of the mm. it's one of the rules of being gay is that you just have to automatically become a great uncle, or you know, and that's that's I accepted that to the best I could. But then when I figured it out, when this seed was planted in my in my mind that I could be a dad and these were the ways possible. It was a it was a really um, magical time, and it overall it has been a very very special process. Oh. We did have a question from the announcer who was on before us, um, Ken Maxwell. He went, "What's Anthony going to name the little baby? <laughs> are you allowed to? Divul- or is that a secret? Or are you allowed to divulge names? Or and do you, do you know a um, um, what you're having?" Was yeah, gender, gender's, the, gender's the wrong word. No, I think he oh, said, you said boy. boy, didn't you? Yes. Yes. Pardon me. Oh, the little a, boy. Little boy. That's little it. boy. But we, we're keeping the name a secret. Although a few wines in, and I, I, I get um a little bit slippery. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, and how many wines in are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually zero. I'm having, I'm having tea tonight. But it's um no, we're trying to keep that one secret the best we can. Yeah, um, and keep enough. that a surprise. That's a surprise. But yes. it's a special, very special name for us. Oh. Oh, we're so excited for you. We've oh. spoken twice and we're like, yay, babies. <laughs> and um, so what What are the thoughts are going through your mind about Ray? Have you, are you sort of like thinking about his first dance classes or like, you know, where, where are you? <laughs> yeah, have you bought him a little trampoline to bring him joy? <laughs> yes, no. Um, no, I think we're, we've got so many nephews and nieces mm. in our family on both sides. So, And within that, I think we've, we've been around such a mix. They've all got their own personalities, hobbies, likes, dislikes. They're all just such different kids. I think we're very um, privy to the idea that what will be, will be. We're going to just be... I, I, I want to take on what my parents were with me, which is just the most supportive parents that no matter what your passion is, what what your passion is, what you want to try, what sport, hobby, craft, whatever it is, I just want to... Um, both of us just want to be there to support and love and try our best not to judge mm. um, and just be the most loving, accepting parents we possibly can be. Well, that's a great start for anyone's life, isn't it? Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, and I'm sure he'll be a genius. Like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, everyone's child is a genius and they're very special. Oh, yes. oh dear. Well, thanks so much for um, sharing your insight. It's been really good to hear different perspectives. Um, and obviously Thank we can, you. you know, it's hard to scale down getting... Uh, you know, a, a short enough uh, program and, and having enough um, diversity of, of voices and opinions. But um, I think your uh, your story is beautiful and it's a very modern um, modern mm. story of what, what's available. And yes. we, we wish you all the best. Yes, um, absolutely. You, Jasper boys. does catering if you need some sort of <laughs> christening. <laughs> you know, he's an amazing chef. He won't promote himself, but I'll certainly promote him. So, um, yes, uh Good to know. Yes, absolutely. And as our, it seems, a tradition on this show now, whenever we speak to you, we play a track from your brother, Sean. 
And yay. yay! And this is oh, I've done a bit of a deep dive and found a random track from one of the singles from back in the day. Um, so we're going to play dive slash creep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. it's it's a deep dive this one, and it's um. <laughs> It's from uh, the Honeymoon in Vegas single that he released, I Do Not Know What Year, and I Will Not Age Us by doing so. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we're going to listen to the song Should I, and uh, it's a great track. It's got some really poignant lyrics. And um, we just thank you again, Anthony, for joining us on the program. My pleasure, boys, anytime. And all the best for the next five weeks. I'll Thank be watching you. the Instagram feed. And then the next 18 years after that. Yes. <laughs> God help me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you so much. Oh, that was wonderful. It's great to touch base again. It, and just to hear a 10-year story of going through that process, like that's that child is going to know their love. Oh, to, you know, loved. To go, go through that much effort to, you know, it, it's not... Um, not not happened uh, by accident, which I guess is one of the points um, I did want to bring up tonight is that you know in a in a heterosexual relationship, <coughs> babies often can happen by accident, and yes. I guess in a, in a same sex couple or a gender diverse couple, you you've got to go out of your way. You've got to spend time, it's an time, money, and money. effort yeah. in actually getting this child to be, and mm-hmm. it's, it, there's so much passion behind it. That um, the whole the whole concept that you know IVF babies made in test tubes or whatever you know aren't aren't loved as much it, it's crazy like, they just ridiculous yeah yeah. Um, yeah so it's it's beautiful to hear all these different perspectives it's wonderful um, and you know, I wish everyone the best with their their baby journeys and and if you're listening in and you you're keen to um, to start a family, then you, uh, hopefully you found some inspiration tonight. Absolutely. Now let's get to this song by Sean mm. Iken. Yes, we've got to play a couple of sponsors and then we'll get to this song. You are on Bay FM 100.3. Searchlight on Bay FM 100.3. Connect with us by SMS on 0468 86 1003. Sean Iken on Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Should I? What a lovely song for our topic for tonight, Rainbow Families. Mm. Great track. Great track. Great lyrics too. And we've had such a wonderful bunch of people. And as always, we, we get some some lovely people willing to give their time and have a chat and get these get these conversations started. We're not solving everything here, but we're Mm-mm. definitely um, we're definitely learning ourselves along the way. We hope you listening are learning some little tidbits. Yes, um, we're all on a journey of discovery. There's a lot to learn. Um, well, that's um, the program is wrapped up as far as all things Rainbow Families are concerned. Yes. Um, I've got a couple of little um, things happening around the place, though, that would be good to talk about. Because it's a monthly show, we'd like to say, well, okay, here's what's happening in the next month. If you want to get involved in the community, if you want to go mm. out and see some theatre, perhaps. Well, something that's um, it's actually happening um, this weekend, 28th of, of March, um, that is um, in the sort of uh, realm of what we're, we're talking about here. It's the same-sex wedding expo in at the powerhouse um, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's a free entry. Um, that's worth uh, worth checking out um, if you're looking at getting married and having a family. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's something happening right now at the moment now? Uh, up, and, up until well maybe not right now actually actually probably actually yes, they'll be right finishing now. up right now um at the queensland theater down on montague road corner of montague and um cordelia street right near the go between bridge that's it um opposite the paul's milk factory if uh, that's an old reference um <laughs> there's a play it's called Triple X. We've spoken about it on oh. Sobay on our Sunday mm-hmm. night program. So we went and saw the um, the opening night um, as as official Bay FM media people. It was amazing. Um, it's on till April the first. There's tickets from thirty five dollars, and that's student prices. There's various times available. Um, check out the Queensland Theatre website, and there's there's a heap of information. It's not necessarily a program uh, a theatre. F- show for everyone it's um it's got some adult themes some sex, sex scene a bit of nudity pretty, pretty raunchy raunchy actually pretty um, much every bad word you can think of yes um but it is funny it is honest it is raw emotional and it has come from a place of reality it is um written by uh playwright glace chase she's also the star she's self-described as a trans queen and yes oh the costumes are amazing the lighting the set it we're gonna go and see it again um, next monday night because it yeah. was just so good and can i make a prediction go for it and i want to make it official and do it on air mm. not if but when triple x becomes a film mm. because the, i was so entranced in that play so utterly enthralled by everything that was happening on that stage i started casting the film mm. in my own head so didn't, didn't you start organizing the the costumes for the uh, the red carpet at the oscars as well i like basically you were no not that far but i thought this is a film it's a play that would make the sort of movie that will get Oscar nominated. Mm. Look, it was it is delicious. And worth to watch. going and seeing. It. Look, it is. Um, it's the first trans love story on an Australian main stage, and it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Just so, so good. Look, really break your perspectives. Um, triple X. Yeah, go and check it out. So, Glace Chase, get your frock ready for that red carpet. And um, other things coming up in the in the realm of. Rainbowness. There's the big gay day on the second of May at the Wickham. the The date save has been sent out for the Queen's Ball on Saturday, the nineteenth of June at Brisbane City Hall. No information as to ticket, how sales. ticket sales or anything, but um, it's in my diary, that's for sure. And the other really uh, fun little event um, happening in the community is the Melt Festival, the Festival of Queer Arts and Culture, on the twentieth to the thirtieth of May. So another thing worth checking out. That's the powerhouse. There's a whole bunch of shows. We've already got some yeah. tickets for a couple of things. There's um, oh, beauty pageants and um, oh, lots of different um, lots of different shows and the burlesque and cabarets and the um, <coughs> oh, just a bundle of different things. It's worth checking out. Um, it's, it's an information booklet at um, meltfestival.com.au. Um, and the Melt Festival's always fun. It is. Look, and obviously COVID's making everything a bit more difficult than it ought be, um, but it will um, go ahead in, in, a, in obviously COVID capacity. Um, so worth checking out. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Great roundup, Jasper. No worries. Look, I love doing a bit of research on, uh, yeah. on little events, and where well, you know you, you might even see us there. Just don't look for Tony's blue hair. He, he shaves it off for the uh, leukemia f- fundraiser. Well, look, we raised some. We raised three and a half grand. Wasn't it? Basically, yeah. three and a half thousand yeah. dollars for the Leukemia Foundation, and. Look, my hair's growing back. It's yeah. all good. And look, Kay's purple hair is just stunning. It's fabulous, it's just, isn't it? She suits. Oh, and as as we were doing the live stream of colouring her hair, everyone's like, "You're gonna get hooked." And she's like, "No, it's a one-time thing." She's already had it touched up. Yeah. And she's already talking about the next colour she wants. So, well, yes, mm, yes, so. I did pop around and put a brighter purple through her mm. hair. So, and she's talking teal next, and um, possibly and she's doing tattoo designs and looking at getting tattoo some, ears, some ears pierced as well. Aren't you? <laughs> but no, too far, too far. Oh dear. Okay. Alrighty. Well, that concludes <clears throat> such like rainbow conversations on, yes. on Bay FM. Uh, thank you very much for for tuning in. And as we like to. Um, Sometimes wrap up the show with a good quote. Mm. And so we've had Stephen Fry and, you know, we've quoted some pretty good people. So let's just step it up a notch. Mm. Step it up from Stephen Fry. That's that's a tall ask. Well, this is Maya Angelou. Ooh. Oh, yes. Lay it on us, Tony. What and, okay, quote from Maya, Miss Angelou. Love recognises no barriers. It jumps hurdles, leaps fences, penetrates walls to arrive at its destination full of hope. Mm. Love it. Love it. And very, that's very we've appropriate heard for tonight. Stories of hope all throughout this evening. Mm. And it has just been and so uplifting. Hope and, hope and love tonight. It's definitely um, a lot of love common, in the world. A common theme. Absolutely. And speaking of a lot of love in the world, this is. Same Love by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis to close out the show. Thanks for joining us here at Searchlight Rainbow Conversations. We'll see you in a month's time. I've been Tony. I've been Jazz. Thank you very much. You're on Bay FM.